Today is Wednesday, August the 17th, and we're just two and a half weeks away from the return of Carolina football. Hammer runs up for NC State, puts his foot into it end over end, and we're underway. Debo Samuel takes it at the three, up the middle of the field, makes one cut, got a block. Can Debo run away at the 30? They can't get him at the 35, 40. Debo down the near sideline, 30. Nobody gonna get him. Debo Samuel goes 37 yards. No flags. Touchdown, Carolina. Touchdown, Debo Samuel. That's the way you start a season off. It's time for the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Here's the cock father himself, Keith Olsen. This is Rogers again to the 25, 20, 15, 10. Rogers scores! Get the ball to Bennett. It's Welcome in to another Worldwide Wednesday edition of the Locked on the Gamecocks podcast, episode number 1009. A later release, evening release, I've kind of had a crazy schedule this week with the last week of football scrimmages and uh, with some other uh thanks and so thanks to everybody for tuning in this is our free show it's on spotify apple podcast google play the stitcher app basically wherever you get your podcast you can listen to today's show absolutely free we do this podcast every single day monday through friday on tuesday nights This is what makes us different than any other Gamecock medium, regardless. We have our Tuesday night Garnet and Black Town Hall. We have a live Zoom call. Up to 100 folks are in the room. If you can't get in the room or if you're not in the room, if you can't tune in, at seven o'clock on Tuesday nights. No worry, I put that up. That's a little over an hour. Usually it's an hour, hour five, hour 10. And then for the folks that are tuned in, we go to overtime. That's uh, an outstanding segment. Uh, We turn the recording off of the Zoom call and then we just talk amongst ourselves like we're uh, down at the neighborhood bar. A lot of people are eating, they're drinking, 
they're holding their kids. Obviously, they got a lot to uh, look out for. Uh, but we just have a great time. It's just like going down to your neighborhood pub, pulling up a chair with your favorite Gamecocks and friends and talking about the thing that you love the most, which is the South Carolina Gamecocks. On Sunday mornings during the season, I do a VIP podcast entitled The Morning After, where I give you my raw, instant reaction of the previous day's game. If it's a day game, usually I'll drop it uh, later in the day, put it in the hop to go out on Sunday morning. If it's a night game, usually I'll, I'll let it simmer and then uh, and go on and record the pod on Sunday. We have a Sunday night football show where we go over the best of Shane Beamer, talk about the injury reports, kind of uh, – reflect more on the game and then we put it behind us and we uh you know we have our guests we have uh, a great group of guests jc sherbert john whittle hale mcgranahan from the big spur.com mike gillespie mike yuva colin taylor okay uh lots more guests langston moore former gamecock great my dad nicknamed him the Slobberknocker. He's one of my all-time favorite players. And many, many others. We bring on uh, guests from the other side. We get takes from their perspective. Josh Pate of the Late Kick Live and CBS Sports, 24-7 Sports Network. He comes on. And, of course, my good friend, Michael W. Bratton, the dean of SEC podcasting, the host of that SEC podcast, he's a regular on the show. We have a great time. It's unique. Hey, you know, you listen to the podcast every day. Nobody's raising hell and calling you names and uh, going full-blown negative Nelly. Okay, like uh, I call them the the message board lynch mobs. We love the message boards here. We love the bigspur.com. We love uh, gamecockcentral.com. They've been very gracious with their time to us, uh, you know, allowing their guys to come on. And, but look, whether, I mean, Dealing with the negativity is just parts of being on the message boards. None of that here. We have lively conversation. Hey, we can even agree to disagree on things. But we have I, the thing that I am most proud of, uh, this will be our third year of our Garnet and Black Town Halls. Okay. Uh, our third season with that. We have built such a loyal community. Like I said, it's just like being at your neighborhood bar. I'm really proud of the community uh, that we built here. Uh, my VIP patrons, the guys that are on every week. I We did not have a town hall this past week because 
Last night I had to go to Addison's uh, new school uh, orientation. Uh, you don't want me to get off on that tangent, but at any rate, um, but I, I miss them. I mean, I miss not being able to interact with all my guys and gals on the Zoom call last night. So at any rate, uh, we would love to have you join the podcast, become a VIP annual subscriber. If you sign up today, you'll get two and a half months free of charge. Uh, we're running a discount right now, two months off free of charge when you sign up for an annual, but you don't get billed until the first of the following month. So if you signed up today, you'd basically get the last two weeks of August absolutely free and you wouldn't be charged until September of 2023. So give us a listen. Like I said, you'll love it. I guarantee it. All right, so yesterday, uh, Mark Stoops, who is now my most hated SEC coach. I used to love Lil Stoopsy. But let's face it, Lil Stoopsy, he is always going to be second fiddle at Kentucky. I mean, hell, that's why Bear Bryant left Kentucky. He won the, Bear Bryant won the SEC in Kentucky, and they gave him a cigarette lighter. Adolph Rupp won the SEC, and they gave him a brand new Cadillac. Okay, let's listen to the audio uh, ripping Shane Beamer, basically bitch slapping Shane Beamer. Excuse, uh, excuse me on that. All right, so this was recorded during media days after Shane Beamer's uh, Soldier Boy video went viral. Let's our two favorite hillbillies here, Marty and McGee, uh, with Mark Stoops. Let's let's uh, listen in here. What's the best part of like what you've built, like the output of that? I mean, the winning's great. Yeah. But but what's the part of it where you just go, I, we've done this. You know, I, I think ultimately it's the, you know, the respect throughout the league when you're dealing with coaches and players. You know, win or lose, you walk out and you know you're going to be in for a physical matchup. You know, that, that we're coming to play, we're coming to compete, and having that mindset. Because that's not easy to change. Right. You know, I've talked years ago about climate versus culture. You know, it's easy to change a climate. You know, you just change a uniform, talk a little game, dance around, put on some stupid sunglasses, and <laughs> you could change a climate. But to change a culture is at the core. Right. Uh, definitely a shot there at Gamecock head coach Shane Beamer, who, quite frankly, has remarkably changed the culture at South Carolina. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Honestly, even going into the year last year, the only thing that I questioned about the culture would was what would happen when there is adversity. Uh, culture holds. 
okay? Not climate. All right, look, hey, Mark Stoops, you have done great against South Carolina, okay? You are seven and two against South Carolina. But guess what? You've also lost twice to Vanderbilt, okay? South Carolina has not lost a game to Vanderbilt in this century, okay? And against Georgia, Tennessee, and Florida, since you have been the head coach at Kentucky, you are 4-23, and 23, my man. 4-23. and 23. Essentially, outside of beating South Carolina, you hadn't done jack shit in the SEC. Oh, and by the way, your permanent opponent in the West is Mississippi State, who's been down the whole freaking time you've been there. It ain't like you've got to go play Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M like the Gamecocks do, or Arkansas, even though they've been down at times. You play absolutely nobody other than Louisville out of conference, and let's face it, they have been down uh, ever since Bobby Petrino fell down on his Hardy, uh, Harley with uh, the hot blonde on the back. So, I mean, it's not like you're doing anything other than beating South Carolina. I mean, that is your one claim to fame. So I guess that's why you feel like you've got to try to curb stomp Shane Beamer, who, by the way, uh, was high school teammates with Marty, okay? They grew up together. So just curb stomp that guy's best friend, okay? When last year you were lucky as hell to win that game, I was at that game. Your offense did everything they could to give that game to South Carolina, and by God, Marcus Satterfield was so freaking awful, and so was DeKerian Joyner, and Jalen Brooks, and the offensive line, that they couldn't take it. You basically, if you were victory, the jaws of victory opened up and said, take this game repeatedly, over and over and over, multiple turnovers down in the red zone. So your time is up, okay? Your two minutes are up. Shane Beamer is the culture builder in the SEC. And you wanted a bullseye on your back? You just got one because Shane Beamer probably put out a big blue magic marker and circled the Kentucky game about eight times. And don't think uh, that clip is not going to be playing in the locker room. Don't think those that quote is going, not going to be up on the bulletin board because it is. Okay, you are 14-4 and four against South Carolina and Vanderbilt. And outside of Missouri, okay, you're 0-9 against Georgia, 2-7 against Florida, 2-7 against Tennessee with Dooley. Bush Jones, the champion of life, and Jer uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Talk about horrible culture 
That's three pretty pathetic, horrible cultures, and you're two and seven against them. At that same period of time, South Carolina is nine and 18, over twice as many wins over Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee, including beating number three Georgia between the hedges on national TV with a four and 18, by the way. Look, maybe you forgot this, but Will Muschamp is no longer on the sidelines, okay? This is not the end of the Spurrier era with Perry Orth and Dylan Thompson wetting the bed in the fourth quarter in Lexington in 2014, when once again, thanks whammy, South Carolina has a 14-point lead. So you just went to the top of the list, little Stoopsy. You better worry more about football than uh, getting your ass kicked by Calipari in the media, okay? You're at a basketball school. John Calipari is your daddy, and after this year, when Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks come to Lexington, Kentucky, and kick your ass, he's going to be your daddy. So that's all I got to say about that. All right, on to some football notes. Defensive players today spoke with members of the media. First up, T.J. Sanders says he's really gotten a lot stronger, uh, really wants to compete with the veterans in terms of in the weight room, uh, feels like he can really help in both rushing the passer and stopping the run. Said there are a bunch of guys who are a combination of both. His run-stopping ability has really grown since the spring. You got to remember this was a basketball guy that played only a couple years of football, and he was a defensive end. Uh, said the, first, the defense was really good in the scrimmage, felt like the run defense was good. Uh, also felt that last season the run defense was lacking at times. Feels like uh, run defense is catching up to the pass defense if it does. They can have a good season, says Nick Barrett is his guy, says they're close. He sees Barrett's progression. I've heard nothing but great things about both of these guys, by the way. Actually, Nick Barrett's name has come up before T.J. Sanders' name uh, so far in fall camp. Uh, says with Zach Pickens, he can turn it on. He has a switch. And uh, that switch needs to stay on. MJ Webb, a guy that I don't think will be a starter, but will be a key contributor. He is up next. Feels the biggest difference this year is the versatility of the group. Uh, feels like he knows what he's good at. He's good at helping stop the run. Feels like he can do the same thing again this season. 
So that in uh, run stopping, they just have to have everybody on the same page. We've seen a lot of growth on the offensive line. That's a good thing and thinks they can really be difference makers this year. It says Debo Williams has made plays. Nick Eamon Warrior is showing a lot of promise. So guys across the board are showing flashes. Offensively, Webb has been impressed with the quarterbacks and the skill players. Nick Barrett says uh, defensive tackles do a lot of self-coaching. They're on each other constantly to do everything perfect. That's a reflection of good coaching. Uh, feels like he has uh, grown up a lot as a defensive tackle. Thinks he's gotten better as a pass rusher and run stopper. Feels more locked in this season. Uh, feels like he can help the defensive tackle room anywhere they need and wants to do whatever is asked. He and TJ Sanders, you know, they both, that's their guy. They came in together. Uh, they recruited each other. They were even close before enrolling. And uh, feels like the entire defense stood out in the scrimmage and took strides in the right direction. All right, we'll go to more of the big guys. Uh, now on, on to the edge. Gilbert Edmonds said he's worked on stopping the run this offseason and add some uh, pass rush moves. So one of the biggest things uh, he's had to do was get in shape and make sure he was ready physically. By the way, he just turned 20 years old. Uh, has to be more physical at the point of attack, stopping the run. Uh, it's a blessing to have the opportunity to impact this roster. He came here to make big or to play in big games. So both Jordan Birch and Jordan Strong are really good standard setters. They practice hard and force other guys to do it. Birch asked about his health, mentions a little tweak and some off-season soreness, says he's good, he's out there practicing. That is good news. Uh, thinks they picked up where they left off last year. He's learned a lot from a guy like Sterling Lucas, who's coached in the NFL, thinks it will be good. Uh, when stopping the run, it's just about beating the guy in front of you. The main focus now is doing that in camp. Mentions he sees a real physical team coming out of that scrimmage. Said Dylan Warnham's come back and uh, doing pretty good. Feels like He's seen good communication from the O-line and likes where the offense sits right now. Let's go to the middle. Debo Williams said last year it was a dream come true for him. Uh, being on an SEC roster, said he just uh, wanted to help in any way possible. Mentioned he was really like a true freshman last year, so it was learning the ropes. Said he was working out t uh, twice or three times a day. The biggest thing for him was mentally adjusting to playing in the SEC. 
He says, this camp uh, isn't easier physically, but it's more mentally. said it's, uh, he's more confident mentally and is moving faster because he doesn't have to think. Says the hardest hitter on the team. Says he is the hardest hitter on the team. Talks about all the linebackers and safety. Devonnie Reed is guys who can come down and pop. Also says he's the best trash talker on the team. Marcellus Dial says he's feeling really good. Being one of the top five guys, it gives him a lot of confidence. So he's probably going to be a starter at corner. I agree. I think it's going to be Marcellus Dial uh, and Darius Rush, and I think Cam Smith's going to be the starting nickel. Says Clayton White wants to play a lot of man coverage. Says Nick eamon is a dog. He's long, athletic, and is going to contribute a lot. Feels like he learned a lot last year. Feels like he can make more plays this year after learning. And I... Uh, any play I can make, I will make. Very confident, Marcella style. His goal in stopping the run is forcing things back into the teeth of the defense. That's uh, the assignment you're taught as a corner not to let anything get outside. Asked about Cam Smith, says he is unique and one of a kind. Uh, Dial says he's uh, gaining more and more confidence, feels like he can play with the best of them, feels like he can be a bigger contributor this year more so than last year. Big, uh, biggest thing and emphasis is helping fit gaps in the run game and being there if the run breaks contain and gets outside. So that's a wrap uh, on player comments next up our player previews position previews and today's position preview is brought to you by five diamond botanicals mind body and spirit these are hemp derived cbd edibles oils and topicals five diamond botanicals was founded by an experienced healthcare professional with over 26 years of experience. This company was founded on the principles of honesty and transparency. All Five Diamond Botanicals products are derived from hemp that is 100% organically grown and sourced in the USA. Let's face it, guys and gals, we're not getting any younger. Whether you're a bowler, a tennis player, a runner, maybe you're the soccer mom, maybe you play on a softball, on a church league softball team, uh, maybe you're a coach of a youth league, or maybe you're an official like me. I'll tell you what helps me is the roll on i put it on my knees after a workout after i've had a shower rub some of the salve in on my lower back which really helps with the tightness and soreness 
If I need to relax at the end of the day, I'll pop a gummy or two in my mouth. They taste delicious and they relax you. And to help you get a good night's sleep, the Nano CBD Premium uh, Sleep uh, Sublingual Drops. Just put a couple under your tongue. You'll have a great restful night of sleep. Go to 5diamondbotanicals.com. That's F-I-V-E, diamondbotanicals.com. Tell them the lot on the Gamecocks podcast sent you. Maybe you'll even get a little bit extra in your order. All right, so we have uh, done these position previews. We've gone through uh, offense, every position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, offensive line, tight end. I think I actually started with the offensive line. Uh, So today we start with defense and we start on the edge. And the first guy I want to talk about is Jordan Strong, 6'5", 245 from Kingsland, Georgia, transfer from Georgia State. This was a guy that in 2020 earned third-team All-Sun Belt honors at Georgia State and tied for first in FBS with a school record 10 and a half sacks transferred to Carolina. This guy was a walk-on wide receiver. Okay. And and safety. They moved him from safety to outside linebacker and then became an edge guy. I think he was only about six, 395 pounds when he came out of high school. Now he's six, five, 245. All right, this past season with the Gamecocks, had 22 tackles, six tackles for loss, and three sacks. Credited with a pair of pass breakups and five quarterback hurries. Had a season-high four tackles, including a tackle for loss and quarterback hurry against Texas A&M. Had one-and-a-half sacks. I'm sorry, one and a half tackles for loss in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Intercepted a pass against Vanderbilt, returned at 44 yards. I think this guy, by all accounts, is poised for a big senior season. He was the most improved player of the spring on special teams. The edge guys, linebackers, DBs, running backs, wide receivers, a lot of those guys make up the core of your special teams. This year, he's going to be a full-time starter. He played behind J.J. Enigbari last year, and I really think he's going to flourish, and the Gamecocks will need him to and to lead and have a big senior year and certainly – Uh, be more productive. All right, up next is the guy that's got the big P word beside his name. It's potential. It's Jordan Birch. It's a five-star guy. 6'6", 275, a junior now. Came in in 2020 
uh, was not an early enrollee. Hammond does not allow early enrollees. So both he and Boogie Huntley came in the summer. They got COVID. They were in protocols. He missed a lot of that year. Uh, probably should have redshirted. Uh, recorded 19 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. Had uh, a tackle for loss in the opener against Tennessee and then in week two at Florida. Logged a season high five tackles in the win against Vanderbilt and also had a fumble recovery in that game. Also had five tackles against LSU primarily because the Gamecock defense was on the field the entire night. All right, then this past season appeared in all 13 games. His first career start was in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. He had 26 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, and a sack. He returned an interception 61 yards for a touchdown, a pick six against Eastern Illinois. Had his first career sack in the 40 to 17 win over Florida. Had a season high five tackles against North Carolina and four stops against Auburn and Clemson. This is Jordan Birch's contract year. Okay, this is his time to shine. He's gonna be a starter. He played great in the bowl game. He needs to build on that. He, if you look at the pictures, this guy is a grown ass man. Okay, Burt should have a really, really good season. I think the next two guys, okay, is Gilbert Edmond and Tyreek Johnson. I think I'm probably saying Tyreek Johnson first. Johnson is a guy that's had an injury-plagued career. Uh, he's been in school since 2018. Okay, had an ACL injury. Uh, only played in one game in 2019. Had a sublux kneecap, which required surgery. Uh, he was the Harold White uh, GPA winner for defense. And he was on the academic honor roll. Then in 2020, worked his way back off the Knee injury, uh, did not see any action. Last year, as a redshirt sophomore for the second straight season after injuries derailed the first two years of his Gamecock career, he appeared in two games, played in the season opener versus Illinois and the season finale against North Carolina in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl. He is a fifth-year player who's been granted a sixth year due to a rash of injuries. Uh, he played great in the bowl game. He's finally healthy. He's finally psychologically and mentally outside of the dark place that basically engulfed him for the first three years he was in school. And I think he could be the first guy off the bench for the starters either him or Gilbert Edmond. Edmond was the last guy 
that was taken in the 2020 class. Gamecocks took him on signing day. He had been a wide receiver at in Fort Pierce uh, Westwood High School. Played defensive end as a senior. Uh, had 80 tackles, 22 tackles for loss, and 17 sacks, four fumble recoveries, and an interception. He was the uh, T.C. Palm Defensive Player of the Year and finalist for an all-area or he was a finalist for Defensive Player of the Year and All-Area. He was 17 years old when he enrolled at Carolina. Turned 18. Now he just has turned 20. In 2020, appeared in the final two games of the season against Georgia and Kentucky. Had two tackles, one in each contest. This past season, saw action in seven games as a second-year player. Uh, He was going to play a lot in the bowl game. He was going to be the third edge guy because Enigbari went to get ready for the NFL and um, he was in health and safety protocols. Had a great spring. And uh, really, I think, is going to be one of the most improved players on the team this year. And I really expect Gilbert Edmond to make an impact as an edge guy. All right, so the last guy... is probably going to be Terrell Dawkins. Yeah, I mean, Hot Rod Fitton is there. You sign Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, But I think you're going to roll five guys on the edge. Okay. Dawkins, a transfer from NC State. Uh, as a red shirt freshman, won the Phillip Rivers Award given to the team's top rookie, played in 12 games, six starts, 36 tackles, nine tackles for loss, led all ACC freshmen with four and a half sacks. Okay, in 21, underwent off-season surgery, which caused him to miss the spring, the summer, and it lingered into the fall. Plus, NC State went from a four-man front to a three-man front, and he's really a four-down kind of guy. So he enrolled in the spring. Uh, He's played in 26 games, which really makes him outside of Strong, probably the most experienced player on the team. I think you know, outside of the two starters, you could jumble all three of these guys, but I do think Johnson and Edmund are still a little bit ahead because of their uh, familiarity with the defense. Uh, but there's really, it's kind of like splitting teeth with those guys. 
All right, so that is today's position preview. All right, that's going to be a wrap for the Worldwide Wednesday Show. Join today. You get two and a half months free, VIP annual. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm out of here.